Welcome back to Fave Sad World. You guys are we talk about all things mental health, culture, and wellness. Today we are gonna jump straight into it. We're talking about self-sabotage. And basically, the act of self-sabotage is when an individual has or portrays an action that gets in the way of their intent. So I'll just give a really quick example. For me personally, I feel as though when I commit to self-sabotaging behaviors, it's when I put myself in positions where I have a goal to reach and then I act upon a self-sabotaging behavior. So let's just say procrastination, for example, and then I end up furthering that goal. So that's just an example there. So basically, I kind of want you to think about ways where you have physically, mentally, or emotionally abused yourself and ultimately that abuse of self hindered your success. Whatever you had in mind, how did you go about it? And if you honestly don't know, the crazy thing is that you can consciously and unconsciously commit self-sabotaging behaviors. So consciously is basically when you are fully and well aware that you're doing it. I'll just give some examples of where I've consciously known that I was doing self-sabotaging behaviors. So one is I, I have a procrastination issue that I always have to be working on, you know, and trying to figure out new routines to, to better my procrastination. The thing is that I'm not 100% perfect, right? So if there is a deadline for something, and even if it's something that I set for myself, and I end up, unfortunately, and of course it depends what it is as well, but for the most part, I will do the work last minute. And this is where the conscious self-sabotaging behavior comes in, is because I know what's going on, right? So let's say I have all week to do it. So the project is due on Saturday, all right? And it's Monday. Come Monday, maybe I will plan out everything that I'm supposed to do. And then on Tuesday, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll do tomorrow, Wednesday. And then Wednesday comes and it's like, all right, you know, Saturday's coming up. We're halfway through the week. And then maybe something else comes up and then I ran and run into that. And then on Thursday, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I only have Thursday or, and Friday to, you know, hand in the project or show the project on Saturday. And I'm not kidding, it, it gets down to the point where I'll either get it started on Thursday or let it creep until Friday. And mind you, this entire week, you're aware of what you're doing. You know that the deadline is on Saturday, but that's not even the important part. The important part is talking to yourself during that week and having the conscious awareness that you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm procrastinating. You know, like you're aware, you're, you're choosing one priority over the other. And this project should be the priority, but then you go to the other, or you minimize the importance of this project. That's also a self-sabotaging behavior, but that could be also 
the aspect of unconsciously doing it because sometimes when you have a goal so let's say the Saturday project is the goal that I have unconsciously doing it would be exactly what I said when you just don't value it so within your mind with in the unconscious it kind of just categorizes it a step below so maybe you're not thinking I don't care about this anymore or I don't value this anymore because then you'd have to switch that to the conscious level you would your your unconscious would just automatically do it and then your behavior would just show it because it's not a priority anymore so basically just to sum that up when you are showing conscious self-sabotaging behaviors it's basically the times you know for example when i do work last minute i fully 100 percent know that i'm doing that on purpose and on last minute and when i do it unconsciously it would probably be when i devalue the goal and then kind of wonder why why it's not a priority as it used to be prior so that's an example for me the other thing is Although it sounds kind of intense, self-sabotage, you know, extremely destructive. One, it kind of is because it just really takes you away from striving a lot of the things that you want to strive for. And two, it actually has a root system. So it actually stems from something as to why you do that to yourself. So. A couple of the reasons is one is childhood as in childhood trauma or low self-esteem that could also even stem from childhood trauma and another thing is also cognitive dissonance and it's basically when you have conflicting attitudes beliefs or behaviors so if you believe one thing but then let's just say the external world or whatnot is showing you another thing it's you kind of get conflicted and just uncomfortable and so to comfort that uncomfortableness or that uneasy feeling you actually lead to self-sabotaging behaviors and in a way it feels like it's restoring that internal balance so i thought that i would give an example personally from my childhood just to show a way of how childhood trauma or just things that you've gone through in your childhood also is linked to the self-sabotaging behaviors that you may do as an adult. So for me personally, I would say procrastination really, really stems from the fear of failure. And so there's two sides to the story. So there's one where there's fear of failure, so a lot of people will commit to self-sabotaging behaviors, as I do, because they fear, or I even fear, that when I do something or if I strive for something, I'm going to fail. And that uneasiness that I feel of failure makes me want to automatically hinder any type of progress of even getting to the goal. And then the other one for fear of success is I personally do not deal with this. I 
just I actually haven't met anyone that personally has, though I know it's out there and that people struggle with it. Fear of success is just the opposite of failure. You literally feel that when you get to a certain point of success that you may not equate to it. And I would just say that's a really big issue that kind of stems also from imposter syndrome, which would lead to fear of success, as if maybe you feel undeserving of that success. Personally though, fear of failure is kind of what I link to, and I just feel that instead of even being undeserving for the success, I just automatically go to, I just don't even think it's going to be successful in general. So that is something that really stems from my childhood. I would say I feel as though I wasn't very good at school and I never was. So because of that, I feel that School, for one, really takes a hold on your self-esteem. So when you're constantly seeing negative grades, for me personally, I just kind of was like, okay, I don't think I'm very smart because I'm not seeing good grades, whatever that even means. And so I just equated myself to constant failure, you know, like even in school, they literally put an F on tests because you failed, right? And so if you're constantly failing things or whatnot or just having to redo them over, eventually it kind of gets to you. And I feel as though a lot of times that's why I have such a hard time basically striving for goals because I fear failure. And of course I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. And you know, it's nice that I have been able to deconstruct certain thoughts so that I'm able to proceed. The thing is that it's not always 100%. It's definitely has been a journey working with it and just allowing myself to to just continually try, especially when new things come down the road. And what I mean by that is sometimes I will conquer one thing, but and then having to do it again is really easy and I won't procrastinate it. But when it's something completely new and it's foreign, I get really uneasy. And then that's when the patterns repeat. And I feel as though if you struggle with fear of failure, or fear of success, that may be the issue for you too because success is also new territory. It may be a form of success that you haven't experienced in new territory and then that could make you feel uneasy as well. And one thing to really, really help with that is honestly work on ways, one, I would say journaling, but also ways that you could just allow yourself and say to yourself that you are deserving of whatever that you're working towards. Just to end off the concept of childhood trauma when it comes to self-sabotaging behaviors as well is honestly don't underestimate the moments that really hurt you as a child or things that you just felt, again, undeserving during those moments as a child, don't underestimate how much they could impact you as an adult because a lot of the times there are even defining moments that people will go through and that will just be them and that will just be their image. And because of that, although let's just say, you know, they could 
like me, for example, like I'm, in, I'm 23 and I could be really happy and, you know, really thriving and whatnot. But then there are certain aspects of my life where, you know, 10 year old me went through something and then that pops up as an adult. So definitely just really, really take care of that inner child of yours and that inner teenager of yours because a lot of things also happen during those years and it really just on a subconscious level connects to the things that you do and the way that you behave on an everyday level today. The next thing that I wanted to get into is essentially just low self-esteem. That also could derive from childhood trauma, but that could also just be its own thing. And sometimes it has its own roots as well, of course. But the thing is that a lot of the times low self-esteem could even come just from self-image and the way that you view yourself. So for example, if you are constantly looking at yourself and saying, I'm not smart, I'm really stupid, I, you know, don't deserve anything, you would honestly begin to believe it and just see that as what you are, what you tell yourself, your brain starts to listen and then starts to in a way form a facade and deceive itself into believing that that's what you actually are. So when it comes to low self-esteem as well, if it's something that other people have told you regardless or things that you have told yourself through based off of experience and whatnot, it's still something that you want to work on. And I would just say, start to tell yourself the opposite of everything. And the way that this really connects to self-sabotaging behaviors is let's just you know, if you go with the idea of just not even being smart, which is something that I've struggled with for such a long time, it's honestly just allowing myself to say that I'm smart. And I just, that totally added on to self-sabotaging behaviors because for the longest time, I just did not feel smart. I did, I did not feel smart at all or knowledgeable or anything. I felt as though you had to be extremely book smart to be intelligent and so I just really, really hindered my growth in all aspects of my life because of one aspect of my life. And so with that being said, it really took a toll on being able to strive for a lot of the goals that I have. And I just procrastinated a lot and then I also just felt that I wasn't worthy enough because I had extreme low self-esteem. Honestly, even just starting this podcast took so long and it took a long time to start and it took a lot of conversations with so many close friends of mine because I just did not even feel deserving enough to start something like this. I just kind of was thinking, one, not with, I don't know if I shared this with my friends, but when I'd be alone with my thoughts, I'd literally be like, what makes me good enough to even start a podcast? What do I have to say? Why, you know, my story, who cares about my story? Or, you know, yeah, I care about mental health, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't excel in it. You know, like I don't have a degree for mental health or anything like that or wellness and stuff like that. And so it really just held me back from doing a lot of things and when I really deconstructed those thoughts and began to reframe my mind I just felt a lot of ease and a lot of comfort just moving forward and allowing myself to step into a version that 
is knowledgeable and that loves learning and that can talk about wellness and culture and mental health and all of that and it was just such an important thing that I took the measure to be able to allow myself to step into that because it's really really scary and I feel as though that's kind of where the unconscious self-sabotaging behavior also played in because I just felt such uneasiness and and I didn't really know why for a lot of the times and then once I worked through that the conscious thoughts once I worked through the conscious thoughts the unconscious behaviors kind of came about themselves and I kind of thought oh, okay so you know I don't reach this goal because I feel this way because unconsciously I feel this way so it kind of all played out and honestly it was just so important one because I feel as though school for some reason just really just dug a huge low self-esteem rock or something (laughs) inside of me and it just buried it deep because I always just felt for anything that you wanted to talk about, for any interest that you had that you needed a degree, and I honestly just don't believe that in life. I really don't. I feel as though, what is the difference between you reading a book in an institute versus you reading that same book outside of an institute? I, that's just how I see things. But here's, hear me out. I'm not talking about procedures and stuff. I'm not talking about like, for example, medical procedure. I'm not saying, oh, you could read, you know, a surgery book outside of medical school and then all of a sudden you are qualified to do surgery. No, there's obviously way more that goes into that and whatnot. But I'm just saying even just things like this when it comes to mental health and stuff. Yeah, you're able to learn about mental health in school and then you're also able to learn about mental health outside of school. But I just never felt qualified enough to be able to talk about it because I felt as though I needed something from school. So it's things like that 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 I mean. The other thing that I had to add because one, I personally do this and I wanted to share is roadblocks to pleasure. And so what that basically means is pleasure could just be the goals that you have because a lot of the times goals don't have to be extremely intense. It could be you know if you want to be able to do let's just say 200 push-ups or whatnot and that could honestly automatically be intense for someone but sometimes it could just be really fun so let's just say you wanted to be able to take photos all right so you want to be able to take photos and your camera is full and you have to unload that sd card onto a computer or somewhere else and just store your camera photos somewhere else so that you can continue taking more photos. That's a roadblock to pleasure because you enjoy taking photos. And what happens when you actually don't take photos is you begin to experience anxiety, you begin to experience maybe symptoms of depression, and you just get low energy, very fatigued because you're not doing what, you're, what you love, not doing what makes you happy and what ignites your spirit and your soul and your inner child. And so what happens when that roadblock happens, you essentially just stop. And that's a form of self-sabotaging behavior because it's a roadblock to pleasure. It's something that you can overcome in honestly two seconds but what happens is 
you just kind of play numb to it. So the roadblock occurs and you just go, oh, okay, well, you know what? No, I'm tired. Or you just play numb and just go, well, my camera's full. You turn the camera off, you put it away and you just don't do anything about it. The other thing is when you just don't do anything about it. If you have something to do based off of the roadblocks to pleasure example, and you literally don't do anything, that is an act of a self-sabotaging behavior because you're just holding yourself way back when you don't even come up with ideas. All right, on to the other thing. That's another form of self-sabotaging behaviors. Okay, so I do this a lot. When I wanna get started on something and I'm, I have gotten a lot better back in the day, notorious absolutely notorious it was so bad so i would say that i wanted to start something honestly faith sad world is a perfect example because i was so passionate about it and i really cared about it though i feared failure so much that i ended up just over preparing absolutely over preparing i would just make lists and lists and lists and lists and just it would just go on forever of what I needed to do and how I would need to get started. And I think I looked up what a digital media company was, honest to God, for a whole month. And it just gets to a point where I just looked at myself and said, what are you doing? And at this point in time, I actually didn't have, I wasn't well equipped with dealing with self-sabotaging behaviors. I didn't really even know what they were. So I was just in the midst of the storm trying to figure out what was going on, why I wasn't getting started. And this was honestly, I feel a year ago or a little more than that. And I just remember thinking, what are you doing? Why are you not getting started? How long is it gonna take for you to get started? How many websites do you need to go to and look at the definition of digital media to get started? So that's the other thing. When you have too many ideas, not saying that ideas aren't a bad thing, but I'm just saying that when you want to do something, though you're kind of over planning. So let's just say you plan it out, the sketch is great, and you can get started, and you know, honestly, you could get started, though you decide to continue, and continue even further, and continue even further. And the reason why that's a self-sabotaging behavior is because it turns into a cycle. It turns into a toxic cycle of you just never starting, aka in that moment, me just never starting. I also wanted to talk about how this not only just affects you, but it affects a lot of things around you as well. So with self-sabotaging behaviors, the two things that I just kind of wanted to get into that everyone can basically relate to is relationships and work. So when it comes to working, a good example is honestly something that I do when it comes to working, because Faith Sad World is me working, is I procrastinate and I am undecided on a lot of things and that's a self-sabotaging behavior. So if you notice as well, if you wanna get started on something or are already within your career and have to get started on something and you notice how Maybe there's traits of yourself that's extremely undecided and it just prolongs the weight of you getting started or you're just 
you know, procrastinating and then that prolongs the wait of you getting started, that is ways that the self-sabotaging behavior that you have can affect your work. The other is relationships. And I feel a good example is just picking someone that's not suitable for you. So let's just say you're in the dating game. And when you're in the dating game, you're going on dates, right? And you're talking to everyone, you're having a good time. Though you know that you have a criteria of who you want to be with and your ideal partner. Of course, I'm not saying don't stick to the list. That's not what I'm saying. If someone else is just as great, but they don't match, you know, has to play football and hockey at the same time. I don't know. It's just an example. What I mean is that you have this list, but then you go off this list to pick someone that's not suitable for you and you know, as in you decide that you're not deserving enough for the person that's actually on your list. So you would rather just jump into a relationship with someone that you could settle for rather than someone that you know you could actually build a really good foundation with and just be really suitable for. So that's also where it really shows up in relationships and work. The other thing I was gonna say, especially when it comes to relationships, is a lot of the times that inner child as well will pop up within relationships. So if you felt that you were undeserving and whatnot as a child, your partner, honestly, if they are showing traits of things or just negative habits and you're clinging on to that, that just may be your inner child saying, maybe, you know, consciously, again, you may understand that, huh, this isn't really a good trait, but unconsciously, sometimes you don't even know what's going on. You don't even realize there's an internal aspect of you that's clinging on to that because you don't even feel deserving enough for that kind of a person to walk away from you or for you, which is even more important to walk away from. So really, really, honestly think of your self-sabotaging behaviors and how they, they play out in your relationship and also, importantly, your work as well. I will say for me personally, when it comes to relationships, is that I definitely 100% stick to a lot of people that are not good for me or just not suitable for me. And they may not even necessarily be a bad person. They could be a great person. The thing is that I have a self-sabotaging behavior where if I see somebody essentially maybe walk away really quickly or something, there's a version of me that was, you know, in high school maybe that had, ex not maybe, that was in high school that had extreme low self-esteem and I just never felt pretty enough or funny enough or good enough for a boyfriend, I guess you could say. And so being in my adulthood and trying to navigate the dating game and relationships and stuff, it's a bit tough because I'm experiencing an internal conflict where a side of me is working on it, saying, no, I am good enough. No, I am beautiful. No, I am smart to be with someone suitable and someone that I desire. But then there's this, you know, young me, this high school Lena 
kind of saying, no, we're not. We're like, you know, you, are you sure he really likes you? Are you sure you want to, are you sure you want to show this side of yourself? Because a lot of other guys walked away when you showed this side of yourself. And that side of yourself could just be something that's real and just regular and normal. Though maybe that partner just isn't suitable, you know? Maybe they're like, mm, not for me. I'm going to go find someone else, which is okay. The thing is that my self-sabotaging behavior automatically goes into low self-esteem mode and then I go oh my gosh you know this person walked away and so I'm gonna do everything it takes to kind of keep them I guess you could say and so my mind literally fixates on the person so it that's where it's so important to actually figure this stuff out and just value yourself and know who you are as well because in the end you also could lose yourself you could completely lose yourself within that and that's something that i've really worked on and really had to just even speak up for because i know a lot of people especially within our generation's dating game have that dilemma where they actually fixate on someone that is completely not suitable for them but because they walked away they still cling on to and a lot of the times i just want you to know that you honestly might have to do some inner self-healing and inner self-work as i did because you might not even like that person and i know it sounds kind of weird because you're thinking okay then why am i thinking about them 24 7 why am i so asphyxiated on them no there might actually just be an internal version of you that's clinging on to them and that version you haven't healed yet and because you haven't healed they still feel undeserving and extreme low self-esteem so they're the ones chasing this person when in reality once you heal that version of you and then you kind of look at the situation again because this is what's happened to me personally I go oh my gosh and I mean this in a loving way but I look at the person and I'm like why did I chase you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I say it with love because it just even hinders the way you see the person, the behaviors and everything. And, and you're just kind of thinking, we're not even suitable for each other. I don't know why I even thought of you that much. So I really dived into this because it's so important to me. I want people to know their value, their self-worth, and that they're deserving of a suitable partner all right so basically now that we've kind of gone into that a little bit i also wanted to talk about time and energy and the importance of time and energy and how you spend it also links to self-sabotaging behaviors because if you are procrastinating you are wasting time and you may not be wasting energy because you could just be laying in bed, but you're wasting time to finish that desired goal of yours. And then the other thing is energy. Why are you doing extra random things? For example, when I was thinking of doing Faith Sad World, one, I was wasting so much time taking an extra month pre-planning when the planning was already done. I was just adding extra random things. And then two, I was also wasting my energy by adding those extra things because it just put me at a state of fatigue. So if you're listening to this, 
Another way that actually might be relatable for you is one, I feel I do this because of my ADHD, but if I don't, and honestly, if it's just a self-sabotaging behavior, I'm just gonna say it because it does link to it as well, is I go grocery shopping on random days, completely random days, and I didn't realize that it was kind of a self-sabotaging behavior when I thought about it a little bit more. So this kind of saves your time and energy because if you pick one day to go grocery shopping, you know how to utilize all the other times where you don't have to go grocery shopping because you know when you're going. And in terms of energy, you are saving energy by going on that specific day. Whereas if you don't, if you don't go grocery shopping or pre-prep your food and whatnot or things that you're gonna have for dinner and stuff, one, you end up wasting your time by thinking about it and then your energy by having to do maybe extra things, you know, go to the grocery store like every single day rather than once or twice a week. So that's just a really good example of self-sabotaging behaviors when it comes to how you also utilize your time and your energy and being able to make sure you focus on both and try and balance both when it comes to things that you wanna do, even everyday things such as going grocery shopping. Okay, so let's just say you've been listening this entire time and you're going, my goodness, I have some intense self-sabotaging behaviors and I even do it on a daily. Some of it can be so deep that you could actually talk to someone and something that I really recommend and something that I'm doing personally is CBT therapy and it's cognitive behavioral therapy. And then there's also other things that you could just do on your own and basically, because I said it all has a root cause, that's what I would do. The first thing I would do is honestly just try and identify where this is coming from. Are you afraid or are you insecure because of low self-esteem or you know, afraid because of childhood trauma or whatnot? And then try and notice the patterns because it is a cycle. Anything that's kind of toxic in your life, you'll start to notice that there's a cycle. There's something that triggers it and then there's something that you do and then it triggers again and then there's something that you do. So it goes around in circles and then that's a pattern. So start to notice the patterns within the cycle. And also I would say try and also notice the behavior that triggers the self-sabotaging behaviors. So are you sad or are you tired? Are you really stressed out? Because one thing that I also do or yeah, when I commit to self-sabotaging behaviors, a lot of the times it also gets triggered when I'm stressed. That is the cycle that I've noticed within myself. So if I want to, if I need to do something or if I even want to do something, but that week I am stressed out, then automatically I am more susceptible to procrastinating. So hear me out. Even on a good day, I could procrastinate, though the pattern is that, that I've noticed is I'm more susceptible when I'm really stressed. So try and notice that too. And then the other thing is basically when you want to change, this is something that I've had to completely work on. I used to 
feel as though when you wanted to do something, it had to be 180, and if you don't get it done, and if you haven't changed everything in one day or one week, then you're a failure. And a lot of the times, it's because growing up, that's just kind of what equated to my mind. So. Growing up, I'd say, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this." And then, if I experienced a setback, or if I didn't get it done right away, or you know, if I just tried and then it didn't really work out right away, and did not notice a hundred percent change, there was a voice growing up that would just say, "I knew that you couldn't do it," you know. And so, one thing that I've really valued within myself is that. A hundred percent change or、uh, plans, especially when it comes to behavioral plans, is is okay. You don't have to do it a hundred percent. I feel as though our society and sometimes the people around us, and a really good example is just people that deal with perfectionism as well. If it's not perfect, then it's just not worth it. Mindset, and that's just complete garbage. And that's what I want you to be able to relate back to what I mean by the people around you and yourself as well, is because the way you could relate it to perfectionism is don't feel that if it's not 100% perfect that you shouldn't do it or that you're not changing. So when you want to make a change, I just, I'm just encouraging you to know that even if you make a 5% change or a 20% change, that that's good enough. For the day, honestly, and that's all you can do. Then that's all you can do. If you can completely change, and you know that you can, and you've tried it and it's worked, then awesome. Then do it. I'm just more so speaking to the people because I've personally witnessed this. Again, stems from childhood, where if I don't accomplish something. Or if I say that I'm gonna stop doing something and I have a fallback and I don't commit to it 100%, then I completely feel like a failure. That's how I personally felt, and if you feel that way as well, I just want you to know that you're not. So when you are making behavioral plans to change, just know that five to 20% is also good enough. And then I also found a couple of questions that you can ask yourself. I really like these ones. I was gonna come up with some of my own, but honestly, these ones are really, really great. And so, one question to ask yourself is: Do you feel uneasiness or discomfort when you progress? So answer that. And if it's yes, then you can go deeper and really reflect on that and ask yourself why. And then the other thing that you could also ask is: Is this discomfort based on what others told you that limited your aspirations? So reflect on that and go deeper as well, and do this for writing. And then the other thing is: Is this uneasiness based on a fear of success or a fear of failure, and why? I got one last question for you here. If you do better or achieve more, do you believe success is more than you deserve? So, really sit with those questions. You know, when you have time to write, either write them down now if you have some time. But if you don't, save this podcast. Come back to it whenever you have time. Write down these questions. They will be at the very end, and. 
get into it and you know work on the internal self and the external self and try and do something to make your behavior even 5% better than what it is today because not everyone is perfect. And with that being said, I hope you have a lovely week. I cannot wait to talk to you next week already. If no one has told you today, I love you. I'll see you next Tuesday.